listening to Sports Radio Detroit. Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am your host, Barnabas. And I am your co-host, the king of all evil, Samael. Welcome to episode number 58, The Barely Weeping Woman. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, good title. <laughs> you, you guys will see why I said that. That's hilarious. Uh, in our main segment coming up a little later on in this episode, where we discuss the curse of La Llorona. But speaking of James Wan... Yeah. Good news and bad news. Yeah, bad news is another remake is coming down the Hollywood horror pipeline, but it's a pretty good one. It is Salem's Lot. Yes. Now, it depends, I guess, on how you really feel about it, because this novel originally has already been adapted twice. First time by Toby Hooper, of course, as we all kind of know, the classic Salem's Lot. Mm-hmm. The really good one with the gnarly looking Count Barlow. You know, it that one's great. I love that movie. And then there was the remake in like 2004 or something like that yeah. with Rob Lowe for some I've reason. I've never watched it. Have you? I, I caught it on TV once and it was not that great, oh. honestly. But um, I don't That's know. That's the thing with Stephen King adaptations. They're either great or shit. Yeah. I, I'd have to watch the whole thing, but it, I don't know. It just didn't have the same kind of like charm to me that the original had. But we are getting a new one produced by James Wan, as we've mentioned. Um, and there's not really any further details, but uh, that is happening. So, um, you know, again, it's another remake, but it does have uh, Gary Doberman, who wrote It and The Nun, uh, writing the script on this one, too. So. I don't know. You said And The Nun, so. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the most coherent story. So we'll see. We'll see. Next up is news that season three of Slasher is coming out soon, and this one's called Solstice. I'm pretty excited because the second season was phenomenal besides, like, the last few episodes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I won't spoil it if you haven't seen it, but it's one of those twists where you're like, oh, there's no way you could have figured out what the fuck was going on. Okay. That's pretty interesting because, yeah, I usually try to, like, really get into it and figure out what's going Dude, on. Dude, you could try all you fucking want. It's all not right. going to happen. Well, that's good. Yeah, I, I heard the f- first season was not that great, but that season two was very good. So um, I do want to at least watch season two. But this one seems cool. It's got this cool like promotional art that mentions, uh, I assume the killer is called The Druid. And mm. it takes place uh, in this apartment block after somebody witnesses him murdering somebody else. So and he like goes after them so it it sounds pretty cool you know uh, visually it looks awesome because it's got like all the neon colors and everything so uh i think it could be hit or miss <laughs> you know they they have one season that was pretty good and then another season that was uh not that good so i don't know the first season i tried to watch it and then i gave up and then i was like yo let me just give it another shot mm-hmm. and i tried it again i was like nope <laughs> so okay no, that's fair enough. I mean, sometimes it's just boring, you know, or like a show takes 
half the fucking seasons are just set up and I don't know. I don't really like those kind of shows, but we'll see what happens with it. The next news article is about this one's pretty cool because I saw Mick Foley. Yeah, that's what got my attention on Bloody Disgusting. So I was like, huh, okay. You know, th- obviously there's been a lot of wrestlers now that have gone into filmmaking, which is great, usually as actors. But Mick Foley is supposed to star in Brie Grant's 12 hour shift alongside Angela Bettis. David Arquette's producing it. Yeah. And it's about nurses stealing uh, organs and selling them. Yeah, on the black market. So Does that even exist anymore? There's no more black market. It's just the dark web. That's yeah. what it is now. It's probably like an extension of the dark web. Yeah. That's, that's what the next Unfriended movie is going to be. Unfriended, the black market. <laughs> oh, God. We just had Unfriended, dark web. Please, no more. It's going to be them like live streaming on That Facebook movie had me fucking paranoid. Yeah, it kind of it did for me a little bit, too. Like I know that stuff exists, but not to that extent (laughs) right so it'll be kind of interesting to see how this movie approaches like the black market angle i think that's gonna be cool and with mick foley in it i'm curious as to like see just how much of a comedy it's gonna be it does say that it's gonna be a horror comedy um and obviously the guy's pretty funny yeah (laughs) so naturally i know people are hoping that he brings like mr Sacco back and (laughs) if he just comes dressed as fucking mankind that would (laughs) be be shit that would be great so yeah, guys, be on the lookout for that one, too. Again, uh, no release date yet on this one, but we'll keep you posted. And then we've got a few trailers Fuck you. to announce as well. Uh, you guys have probably at least came across these. No, you uh, haven't. Not the first one. <laughs> Fuck you. You've been, I've, I've been seeing it on social media. The, the Velocipaster. So there's this pastor, right? And he hates bad people. So he turns into a dinosaur and kills them. Did you see that fucking puppet dinosaur in the it fucking... It was so bad, dude. This is probably going to be a worse movie than Slaughterhouse Massacre, all right? Is this going to be worse than House Shark, though? Let's think about that. <laughs> or one. The Shark Exorcist. Oh, my God. I don't know. We, I have to watch those fucking movies. I, I feel like I do, too. Just just so I have, like, like a pedigree or, like, something to, to hold to, you know, a higher standard, at least, because those would be, like, the bottom of the I don't barrel, think... I, I like. know the first Sharknado was made by Asylum, that little... just They make, like... Shit mock, movies. mock busters yeah. like yeah. there was this movie like 11-11-11 so they made 11-11-11 and they had bootlegged thor and they had hg wow. wells war of the worlds they had they they did a knockoff of infinity wars oh my god those are the guys that started sharknado yeah. too Ugh. well fuck those guys <laughs> fuck them but uh velocipaster is coming out it's so dumb <laughs> on the on the poster it says a man of the claw but yeah, it's just oh, ridiculous. There's like ninjas. The the priest turns into a velociraptor. And it looks like one of those inflatable uh T-Rex outfits with yep, like the little That's exactly what it looked <laughs> the like. little screen thing and uh he's cl- he's like tearing somebody's clearly fake arm off the I'd it, love to be a part of one oh, of these man. movies just be fucking <laughs> just get killed in like the most nonsensical way. Yeah. Like like some microwave massacre type shit. Uh if you guys are at all interested in the Velocipaster. Don't. <laughs> that's that's what Don't it's about. It's Barnabas. And uh, it is going to be releasing nationally at least later this year, but you can catch it at Texas Frightmare Weekend on May 3rd. I don't know why you'd want to go to Texas in general. <laughs> or <laughs> No, I'm just kidding, but uh, you guys can catch it there if you want. The next one is actually not really for a class or like a pure horror thing but i just had horror elements though like hella horror elements. it did yeah but like the trailer was fucking all over the place 
It was, yeah. DC's like, you're like, how are they? How is this any of this gonna make sense or fall together? Right. So DC's Swamp Thing, the official like teaser trailer dropped today. Uh, there's been a whole bunch of stuff about this show because it like apparently had to end production uh, with only like three episodes left or something like that, and so people thought they weren't gonna release it, and then like literally the next day, they dropped that first teaser trailer with Derek Mears as Swamp Thing, like coming out of the water. Now there's a an actual teaser trailer and yeah like you said it's got horror elements in it they don't really even say anything or give a hint as to like what the story kind of is but it sounds like it's going to be an origin story type of I thing like the end where he just kind of like he, he walks out the swamp after that one yeah. no that, that shot cool. was good somebody said that it looked like he had on bad cosplay and i just completely resent that because i thought that the practical makeup with the whole costume was actually really good yeah it was good i don't know why not enough cgi bro it's all it's always the bros that have this problem with these movies and it's just very irritating yeah i don't know i i thought it looked good um the horror elements actually looked cool and it is supposed to be like you know rated r so <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty uh, excited about it i'm looking forward to swamp thing and it is coming out may 31st on the dc universe app so it's another standalone app which i'm kind of getting tired of but if you want to watch swamp thing you can watch it on there the last one is for the newest into the dark uh installment called all that we destroy why does that kid look so familiar where is he from i've i've like heard of him too but i don't know <laughs> i've literally seen him recently like very recently i don't know where the fuck he's from but so basically there's this kid right and his mom loves him and he just can't stop killing so he keeps killing the same girl over and over and they keep cloning her so it's kind of like the movie elizabeth harvest so yeah slightly uh, but it looks pretty cool uh, this is coming out for mother's day so oh, you, you <laughs> one of the great. one of the big things is not that, yeah, cinco mom, de mayo what the fuck that would have been cool some fucking I, I think so evil mexican spirits like, they're like hey what's what's happening in may oh mother's day okay that's better than the Mexican one. Yeah. That okay, great. I think it's cuz they like <laughs> I don't know, they touched on like societal issues in like a lot of these. Maybe they're mm -hmm. trying to like get away from like racial stuff. Yeah, and like, focus more like, on they cuz like honestly some people just won't watch a movie just cuz like it has all like Mexican actors or all black actors or yeah. stuff like that, you know. Subtitles so, even. Yeah, like I don't get it. Yeah. Well, me neither, but this one does seem to kind of be focusing more on the, the family aspects since it is Mother's Day. So uh, really intently focusing on uh, this mother who is a geneticist. And yeah, she, she keeps bringing back the, the victim of her son. And yeah, it, it looks pretty good. I mean, I feel like it's going to explore like, you know, how far would you go for your kid? That kind of thing, um, which has been explored a lot in film. But I think everyone will go far like if they actually care about their kids. So I don't know why they just keep how far will you go for your kid? We've seen the first instance that i can remember of like a parent sacrificing is like jason's mom there you go yeah. that's all we've already established that parents care a lot like mm -hmm. but you know with this being kind of more sci-fi i think that there's a lot of threads that they can weave in a lot of ways they can like take the story and the characters especially with the horror elements that are present to him like killing all the time basically indiscriminately so it looks pretty cool to me. Again, it, it's been hit or miss with these in, Into the Dark movies. Yeah, so it really has. We'll see if they can kind of keep it up. But the production quality actually looks pretty decent. So 
I'll probably give this one a shot. It's coming out May 3rd on Netflix. If Where's that fucking kid from, though, that keeps killing it? Like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. So let's move on now. But uh, before we get into our next segment, we do, of course, have to give a shout out to Sports Radio Detroit. And uh, we just worked with Mr. Roger Castillo from Over Under Fair on an episode, our last episode 57, uh, which was the perfect organism about aliens. So if you guys haven't listened to that one yet, you should definitely do so and go check out Over Under Fair and all the all other awesome shows on SRD. Uh, Sam, why don't you tell them where the people can find them? You can find all of us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Sports Radio Detroit. That's S-R-D, not Detroit Sports Radio, all right? Yeah. God damn it. Get it correct. So in this next segment, we're going to explore a cult classic horror film yes. and uh, really kind of dissect it and uh, give our retrospective perspective on it. So uh, we're going to do that in this week's Cult Corner. And in this week's Cult Corner, we have a, I feel like at least, pretty unknown movie. And one of the big goals of the Cult Corner is to kind of expose people to maybe lesser known cult horror films mm-hmm. so we've got 1985's superstition yes it just got released by shout factory slash scream factory 80s ghost slasher you know this sounds good yeah. the last one we watched scream aka the forgotten not the scream you're thinking of was very 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 low low quality low yeah. budget yeah. like <laughs> ghost moving kill shots of the buildings what are we going to do? Shots of the it was just those like really frantic, like quick shots of just shit being thrown and stuff like that to kind of simulate like there's a ghost. It's like, all right, Steve, move your camera another five miles an hour, like faster. Got to get that one again to make it look like, there's, you know, but Superstition didn't really do that. I thought uh, this one actually was pretty effective. Yes. And you know what's crazy? This and semi-spoiler alert, Curse of La Llorona. We're like really similar. I'm not going to give it away. Uh, one of the cool things about Superstition, though, is that uh, the antagonist is basically this, you know, ages old witch, or like that's, you know, what you assume. And you don't really get to see a ton of her throughout the movie, which I thought was actually really cool. Yeah. Um, and there are some more like supernatural kind of kills in the movie, but they're really brutal and gory it's like a fucking it's a slasher movie but it's a ghost you get to Mm -hmm. see like shots of her creepy ass fingers and of course you see like the black robe and stuff that's i think that's the most you really see yeah you don't really ever see like her face at all but you're right it kind of takes the story and approaches it in in the way that like a normal slasher movie would yeah which is weird so this and scream i think that's these are like and the fog these those are like three movies i can think of off the top of my head that Mm -hmm. are like at least a similar premise, like ghost slashers, you know? Yeah, kind of. Because, you know, even though she was supposed to be like a witch, we didn't really see her do a ton of witchy stuff. No. Like just kind of like control things. And brutalize people. people. <laughs> yeah. So there was that too. But, you know, it wasn't like a killer with a knife or a machete or anything. You'd see like this clawed hand if you saw anything at all. And that was about it until like the end of the movie. And yeah, it was just like a body count <laughs> movie yeah it much. really was and uh the thing i liked about this movie a lot was uh 
Sure, it was kind of cheesy because, you know, 1985. I felt like it didn't withstand the test of time, but if you're an 80s fan, like, you will not give a shit. This will be like, mm -hmm. you'll be like, I was looking for something like this. Another thing that sticks out is its score. It kind of reminded me of, like, the possession, the 1981 one with the, mm -hmm. <laughs> with my favorite thing to talk about, the. Ooh. Yeah, he's on like a streak now. I love the foreboding music in these movies. We keep getting into movies with foreboding music, and mm -hmm. I just haven't been any happier. I feel like, you know, that should be at least in most horror movies or some variation of yeah. it. Because you got to build some kind of layer of suspense. Yeah, and this you know? had a, this had atmosphere. It wasn't really a... Didn't really have any funny moments or happy-go-lucky yeah. <laughs> moments like a lot of 80s movies do. This was just kind of like... It was pretty serious, mm -hmm. to say the least. Yeah. I mean, let me highlight one scene in particular that I thought kind of illustrated that pretty well. And then, I mean, if you have one too, feel free to say it. But there was one scene where this new family moved into the house that was being, you know, like haunted by this witch. Uh, and so they moved in and then there's a scene where they're by like the lake or whatever it is mm -hmm. that's right yeah, by yeah. their house. And I think one of the daughters goes in, like the teenage daughter, and as she's coming out, you know, she's like, oh my God, oh my God, you know, there's something like grabbing my leg. And we thought it was maybe a prank. Yeah. But it wasn't. And when she like crawled out, there was like a hand attached to her leg. And the entire time it had this pretty cool just side wide shot of that whole scene. And the whole time there's that like, no, 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 however that music went. And... You know, it was actually, like, pretty suspenseful. I was like, oh, shit, well, like, what else is in that lake, you know? Yeah, I don't know. They probably had, like, tons of fucking body parts up in mm -hmm. that bitch. But uh, the scene for me, huh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen this movie, even if we're spoiling it, you should watch it. Yeah. Because it's not new or anything. It's great. a cult movie. Uh, Scream Factory, Shout Factory, Amazon, order it. But the, uh, the best part for me was uh, it kind of ignored, like, the classic tropes, you know? Because, like... Mm -hmm. It was a supernatural movie, so it didn't really have to follow any of, like, the slasher rules, and it didn't because we saw a child get killed. Yeah, I agree. That was, it, was pretty, it was pretty messed up. Yeah. I, I'm not going to say how, but that was definitely one of my favorite kills. Honestly, like, most of the kills in this movie are memorable for me. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll admit, a lot of slashers I watch, even though I love them, I don't remember, like, all the kills yeah, same. or anything. But, like, this movie, I can remember the, the Saw kill. Oh god! I can yeah. remember the the window kill. Dude, the saw kill was like the fucking best. That it was. Because it really came, good. dude, it came out the fucking blue. Yeah. Like it, nothing hinted that anything was gonna happen. Mm. No, it was. Uh, they were all, in my opinion, pretty effective. And uh, the the story in between was okay. I mean, it was kind of typical '80s story and uh, character interaction was, you know. <laughs> It was like the 80s, but you could tell that this movie was kind of inspired by Giallo films. Oh, yeah. A lot of the camera angles they took were very Giallo-like. Like, or the the ones where they're like, it'll be like a like a really far away shot, mm -hmm. and then it'll like start zooming in like real quick. Like, I was like, oh, man, that's some fucking, that's or, some Giallo shit. Yeah, or there was that one scene where um, the priest, David, who was pretty much the main character, he was speaking with, I think it was the police inspector, and they were in kind of like the lobby, like the main area of the house. And the camera was actually on the, the first landing of like the stairs that was all the way across the room. 
and it was just like pointed down at them and you can see the banister and everything like the railing and everything like that so i was like man that looks like a dario argento shot yeah basically so uh, yeah it was really interesting i mean we've talked about it before that a lot of slashers were kind of inspired more or less by giallo hell yeah and i this mean there's one no doubt obvious i mean look i know halloween had its like mainstream like appeal and that's what really kick-started the mainstream slashers like slumber party massacre and friday the 13th my bloody valentine all of that shit mm -hmm. but giallos have been around before halloween i mean even blood and black lace was at the 60s yeah I think wasn't like, it like 60 late 60s. Was, i thought i thought it was like 60 either 68 or 63 one of those two but like, like that. even fucking peeping tom you know what i'm saying like there have there have been like slashers before halloween and even black christmas and even mm -hmm. texas chainsaw massacre I don't want to go off and name them because I can't think of them off the top yeah. of my head if I sat down yeah, and just... But yeah, I mean, there's some that were definitely predecessors to Halloween, but they were viewed in that time as like kind of the black sheep. Yeah. You know, like Hitchcock was doing suspenseful kind of scary stuff sometimes, but he wasn't going off the rails with blood and... No, he wasn't. And just titties out everywhere, nipples and yeah, stuff, you know. fucking Giallos <laughs> would have this like fucking shiny red fucking blood that mm -hmm. was clearly just paint you know what i'm saying yeah but there was a lot of it usually oh, yeah. or, or something fucked up was happening you buckets know? of blood yeah like somebody's uh like the victim's brother would have killed her because he wanted to fuck his mom or something crazy like that you know like that's like, the that's a giallo we movie, need but. 80s crossover <laughs> movies yeah like fucking willard takes a final exam oh on God. friday the 13th i wouldn't That's, watch that <laughs> yo what the fuck's about to happen he unleashes the rats on oh. jason and then the final exam guy comes out what about oh, me no. but anyway <laughs> 80s 80s yeah. 80s 80s Su superstition uh didn't have a lot of those elements i don't really think it featured any nudity or uh first person shots really yeah kind of not really it, it was a lot more simplified in the cinematography in that way. But and we had a creepy little girl running around the whole time. Yeah, which uh, I won't, won't spoil of, it. You kind of feel like she's part of it. Yeah, because she's just so weird. Yeah, out like, of place. like, and no one really saw her besides like mm -hmm. the kid and like the one dude, and then yeah. So th this movie actually had a lot of pretty cool elements to like the story, like that one, for example, like the <laughs> the crazy caretaker yeah he was just running around shouting nonsense and there he, he was kind of there but he, he seemed like he was more involved on the antagonist side almost like he didn't really know what to expect with him and then of course uh there was like his mom the old lady so i mean the characters were pretty cool um i didn't particularly care for a lot of them no i just cared more about like kind of what was going on exactly like yeah. these movies i don't care about the characters so you don't even try to develop them in the 80s you know just develop yeah. like the main uh the main uh protagonist or like yeah. his or her significant other like them too it's fine yeah which we kind of did with the yeah. priest but a lot of 80s movies do that though mm -hmm. like we kind of see jamie lee's well that yeah jamie lee's kind of like relationship with her friends that's 78 but i'll give it to it but yeah uh fucking night of the demons like you kind of can't figure out who's the main character and then like you get like more shots of this one girl at the beginning than of other girls and mm -hmm. you get to know her little brother and her boyfriend and you're just like aha i yeah. see now you know so yeah all eight these movies did that but this one was just like i people used to live here there was a witch <laughs> they drown her mm -hmm. she's back now everyone's dying yeah we we kind of got some kind of you know interaction and relationship building with the family that moved in 
but you know at one point you kind of realize that they were just expendable so it's like who cares yeah. you know so i mean that was kind of questionable and they came in throughout like half the movie or something like that like halfway into it so maybe a little sooner than that i don't exactly remember but it was kind of weird like uh, you know i was kind of rooting for the the priest so the ending kind of left me a little disappointed it happens a lot honestly and it happened in a lot of 80s movies so i'm not that surprised by it uh i'm kind of glad we moved away from that in horror yeah but not really this you ended know? the same way but basically spookies ended yeah even some modern movies still kind of do it including one that we'll talk about in our next segment but uh-huh. you know i just want to leave off by saying that uh i think superstition actually did a lot of things right it was really interesting that it was a supernatural movie that you know had the structure kind of and, and the body count of like a slasher movie yeah it was kind of like uh that the slayer almost yeah. except we saw m- the thing at the end yeah and we saw more of like the witch thing and superstition which i liked and i liked that they kept her hidden and in the shadows and stuff yeah that's what Um, really made it like super effective because like when you kind of like show off the monster too much you just ruin the mystique of it like Mm -hmm. not counting not the monster monster movies you know show the monsters but supernatural you know what i mean the villain once Mm -hmm. you show them you're it's kind of like but you know it's this did well uh i we didn't see her face we kind of saw who she was at the end. That bitch got stabbed, though. But, uh, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's about it. Uh, what else can I mention about this film? Like I said, score was great. Cinematography was, like you could tell, like some shots, like you said, Giallo-inspired. Mm-hmm. and Some shots were shaky here and there, I thought. But other than that, like, there was nothing really wrong with this movie. Uh, mm-hmm. I, would, I would say it's above average, you know? It's not on, like... I'm never going to watch this again or like for years type shit. Like I'm probably going to revisit it soon actually just to like pick up on like the stuff I probably missed out on and just enjoy it again because I mean I enjoyed myself watching it and when it's over it kind of feels like the movie like flew by Mm -hmm. but it really didn't like if if, like it's well paced that's what I liked about it like I agree it didn't feel like it dragged on it felt perfect like pacing was good Mm mm-hmm I mean, there are a couple of scenes of exposition with, like, the priest talking to somebody. But for the most part, it actually goes from scene to scene pretty smoothly. Yeah. And uh, and keeps the action up. So, yeah, I, I like that aspect of it. Yeah, I thought it was good. I've been waiting a while to see it, and I finally got it, and we finally watched it. Yep. So, yeah, guys, uh, I mean, I, I would say that we pretty much recommend this movie. I think it is available somewhere uh, to stream. So, go check it out. Amazon you can Prime. find it. Okay, yeah, it's probably Prime. I think it's like four bucks to rent it or buy it or whatever. Uh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's definitely worth it. So, uh, if you do check it out, let us know what you think about it. But we are going to move on to our main segment. But first, a couple words from some other SRD shows. Do you love pop culture? Discussions about pop culture? Ranking and rating treasured pieces of that shared culture against each other? I, ju- I mean, I do think Flea's a good bass player. He does what he does very well. And like I said, he's he's a, he's a like a rock star, you know? He's eccentric. What is so funny? What I just didn't like? know he talked so long about Flea. I, d- I didn't know anybody had I, so I many just, feelings. I do. So many feelings. I got feelings. <laughs> <laughs> Music, movies, television, food, sports, pro wrestling. We are the determination of what is over or underrated across all fields of greater cultural consumption. Subscribe and review on Apple Podcasts and Podbean or visit us at sportsradiodetroit.com. 
Over Under Fair, your final word in pop culture relevance. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jeremy Bryant. Catch me, E, and Brian on Pearson's Peace, 8 to 9 a.m. on Sports Radio Detroit Network, CRB, on Spotify, iTunes, anywhere else you can find podcasting. And welcome back, fiends, to our main segment this week, where we are going to review The Curse of La Llorona. So, Samuel, we've got the new spooky ghosty movie yep, <laughs> from this is the spooky ghosty. Uh, James Wan himself, who uh, produced this one, directed by Michael Chavez. And, uh, you know, going into this, we didn't really know that this was going to be part of the Conjuring verse. We had no fucking idea. I kind of thought they might try to connect it somehow. but They that, did with one scene and it yeah. showed the Annabelle doll and the yeah. priest. So, <laughs> this is a new Conjuring verse movie. What uh, direct, you know, impact will it have on any of the rest of it? None. Probably none. <laughs> there was actually, I read a, a deleted scene um, that would have made more of a clear connection at the end of the film, but they cut it, which makes it kind of strange that they even kept the rest of it in. Because I was like, why is it important, really, that this is in the Conjuring verse? Just, just to be like, yeah, this world really is inhabited yeah. by ghosts, you know, like... <laughs> I don't know. I think you've already established that. But anyway, this movie focuses on the titular character, La Llorona, as this uh, evil entity, which originated in uh, Mexican folklore, Mm -hmm. which is cool. I liked that they were trying to kind of hone in on like another country's folklore for this, which is really cool. So why don't you tell people briefly like what this movie is about? So, uh, there is this lady that they call La Llorona. Uh, her husband cheated on her and she drowned her kids. She deeply regretted it. So now she wanders the earth for all of eternity looking for kids to replace her kids. And she focuses in on this social worker's family for some reason. After, for some reason, focusing on this Latino lady and her kids. And then you get the rest of the movies. Then you just replace the rest of the movie with some insidious slash conjuring style jump scares and there you have it i really don't know how else to explain it <laughs> all right so yeah there you go that's basically the entire movie so yeah it, that was, that's essentially kind of the the setup which we learn more or less through even just watching the trailers or like the promotional stuff you know it's it's got that sort of typical story behind it or like plot behind it which so initially like i thought it could have been a little more inspired because it was dry. It, it, yeah. It was just, I mean, I get that this is what these movies are is the, the typical kind of American family and the haunted house kind of thing. Since a lot of them are pulled from like the Warren's case files. And you know, if a haunting happens, it's probably going to be in your house like that. You know, that's cool. But it just felt very stale to me after watching all of those other movies that you mentioned. And they didn't really do anything very interesting in it and to top it all off we have a movie about this like mexican folklore demonic entity and then there's like a white woman and her two like half mexican children for whatever reason yeah being uh attacked by this like so i don't know it it was just a weird decision for me because it's like does everybody really have to be white yeah (laughs) first of all you know but I, I don't know. I just think 
they could have done a little bit better with that legend. I think so too because like they they talked about her tears and her crying a lot. Mm-hmm. And as the episode mentions, there were barely any. There's like two scenes where you hear her crying. Literally two scenes yeah. where you can just sounds like a fucking when you fucking steal the fat kids pop tarts at the, on the playground like that type of crying yeah. and uh uh they didn't really do much with the tears either like they showed someone getting sort of burned by her tears and mm-hmm. you know the people had marks on their arms like what is this and yeah like, i feel like that was la Yorona, that was element. do you know what this is that's la Yorona's mark like how do you know she didn't just fucking press herself mm-hmm. on a fucking space heater and like do that to herself you, you know what that, that feels like one of those like elements that they just throw in like uh, you know i this could be part of the folklore i actually am not sure but it feels like something they just kind of made up so they could have a character go and seek help and be like look do you know what this is oh my god i do know what that is yeah i'm like the only person <laughs> in the entire world that knows what that is <laughs> And that's how, like, the plot progresses. It was just so stereotypical because it was like, let's ask the church for help. Yeah. Church, can you help us? No, but we know one man who can. Yeah. It's one of those. There's movies. always some, like, pseudo-priest, oh my like, God. voodoo witch doctor. Stop adding comedic relief into very serious horror movies. Yeah, this movie kind of had some just weird, like, humor scenes. Yeah, it was just like... It, and for a movie that focused mainly on atmosphere, mm-hmm. which it did all right, I I just felt like there were too many like up close shots for me. Like every fucking every frame, it was like someone, and you could only see like like the their mid chest to like the top mm-hmm. of their head, and like every shot was like, hey look look how close this camera is to this guy's face, and you're just like, all right bro, can we like switch up the cinematography just yeah. a little bit? There wasn't. I didn't like the cinematography. Like yeah, at, for, yeah. at the beginning, it was all right. I was like, "Oh, this is nice." And then, but once the movie became like this depressing, atmospheric movie, it was just like, "Hey, let's close up on everyone's mm-hmm. face one at a time." Like it's it's pretty similar, I feel like, to a lot of the other movies in the whole Conjuring verse and in this sort of specific subgenre of horror or even paranormal films. But yeah, it was either a lot of that. Or it was a lot of like really just flailing around yeah. kind of shots of the environment and like exactly. the, the set and everything. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, I don't know. That doesn't add fucking anything to it. Like, yeah. If you want to do that shit right, if you want to like show the setting and all that stuff, like follow like what Shutter Island and Woman in Black did. Mm-hmm. Just have like very subtle shots and like not don't have it drag out so goddamn much because that's yeah. another thing with this movie. It fucking dragged on. Every time you thought there was a resolution, oh, what do you know? Someone's going to fuck it up. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of just went from sort of scary scene to sort of scary scene. But like every scene like that was pretty much just a predictable jump scare. I didn't jump at any scene. No. I watched Alien last week. I jumped. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like you just kind of know if you have any sort of sense <laughs> like that something is going to happen. Oh, yeah. And, it you know, it tries. It really tries to kind of mess with you and be like oh maybe this scene there's gonna be a jump scare but psych no there isn't it's just a regular uh, expository fucking dialogue scene you know that just just kind of makes you think for a second but it's like you know i don't know it it didn't really fool me (laughs) so i need to have it like insidious when people are just having a conversation Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the demon shows up like right behind someone Mm -hmm. and just ah 
like that yeah. that would be a good jump scare if jump scares are executed well i really like them because if they scare me i'll be like oh that was good you got mm -hmm. me but if it's just like someone's walking down a hall they turn around the camera changes from in front of them to behind them and there's nothing behind them then they turn around two seconds later start walking and something jumps out from in front of them mm -hmm. like when the kid uh when the kid ran away from her spoiler alert and then uh he ran down the hallway and he's waiting and then she jumps out from his right. Yeah. Obviously, she's going to jump out from his right. He was right next to the only other place that she could jump out from. There was, it was the, she, He was like right in the middle of the hallway. Mm -hmm. Every, everything else was like wall, door. Like where else is she going to come from? And yeah. clearly that scene was set up to be a jump scare. Like, Basically, like if the camera wishes, you can either expect a jump scare or expect that it's going to try to fake you out at least one time. And then it like moves away and then it comes back. So like, you know, it's coming. Yeah. You know, and, but it just really tries to get you with that, brah, you know, but, but movies like alien, you didn't really get that. Cause you just saw people kind of going through the ship and, and doing their thing. And maybe there would be a shot that's kind of lingering, but you really didn't know like to expect that the alien was going to pop out or another, uh, movie even seen, for example, one of the most famous, in the exorcist three yeah that one was ballsy because it was like all right we're ba basically going to tell you that there's going to be a jump scare but you have no idea what it's going to be or when it's going to happen or it anything freaked like that. me out even though i was yeah. expecting it yeah no that's I, that's how everybody is you know and like that's effective so you know this is really kind of just copying the same basic style of jump scare from all these other movies and at least to me, they were all like very predictable. Same, yeah. I so, didn't get scared at all during this movie. No, I, I didn't care about that you at all. You see me when we're at theaters, usually I'll like brace myself. I'll check my heart rate. I'll be sitting there like, mm -hmm. and I tried it during the last movie and like my heart was like super calm watching La Llorona. Like, yeah. Like you said, some of the atmosphere was developed pretty well, but the the scares just didn't hold it up it at, all. at all. The story didn't hold it up at all because... Honestly, it was just pretty boring. You know, we've seen the the mom and her kids are trying to be taken by the ghost thing before, and if you don't really do anything new with it, then it's it's just the same old. If thing, you, you know? if you want to watch a good like fucking supernatural lady movie, go watch Mama. Like you know, like sure, yeah, or even I mean superstition. Was, yeah, was superstition. Great, you know? So even if you don't want the Mama shit, go watch fucking. I don't fucking know. Go watch even Paranormal Activity because that movie craps on this one. Yeah. Um, the, the Curse of La Llorona was just very, just very typical for yeah, me. Yeah, it's not really like something. It doesn't seem like something like, like after making Saw and Dead Silent mm -hmm. and Insidious, like you'd think James Wan would have like something new in his repertoire, but. Well, that's the thing, you know, it, he, he attaches his name to these things as producer and everybody freaks out about it and that's why they go see the movie, but unless he's directing the movie i feel like he really is not on top of it mo most of the time yeah you know? no he needs to direct more yeah. like it's kind of like how sam raimi's becoming i mean i love the guy and everything but you know he's definitely attached his name to some stuff that has been pretty shit as producer oh yeah you know and james wan kind of the same thing like yeah he can i don't know why he funded it, this but you know he because he wanted this to be part of the conjuring universe that's that's why so that it could become like, know, even this, more of an empire this was like the worst one of the worst uh easter weekends for movies ever so that's true yeah, especially for this movie yeah it was still the number one movie obviously but 
yeah it it didn't really win me over unfortunately it was i thought it was just a pretty poor attempt at the same kind of template not know? to mention the cgi was just plain awful oh yeah no like, I, this was like the nun part two for me every every single jump scare basically i'll just tell you guys right now it was a little bit of the <laughs> in like two of them and then it was just the cgi of la Llorona, and she's blah, just screaming and that was really it but it wasn't scary at all no you know, it like was just literally like, at all i was not scared it was just like the caked on white makeup and it was this was cgi too so th- that makes it even worse you know because it looked like it was just the caked on white like practical makeup mm-hmm. and some like black streaks like some Marilyn yeah. manson shit and it wasn't even real and it was cgi and just so they could get her mouth to open up a little bit more like so i don't know it was dumb yeah I, I didn't like that aspect of it at all so i think that this was just a slightly lower effort than they normally go for if they had gone for practical effects if they had gone for a little bit more like suspense you know and not just like the obvious build up to a jump scare then i think this movie definitely could have been saved uh raymond cruz who played the the weird kind of priest guy you know i'm glad to see him get kind of top billing more or less for for a movie because he deserves it but they made his character super weird like he was really serious and tough but then he'd crack a joke like every yeah, exactly. five minutes That's what i was know? talking about earlier the misplaced humor yeah like, so you know and like he's a, he's a pretty funny guy but i don't know the, the character for me just like didn't really work at uh, all and then linda cardellini as as the main character anna i love her but i think she overacted on this one or the direction was just poor i think the direction was poor yeah because i mean she wasn't the only one you know what i mean Mm -hmm. everyone oh god i just hate this movie i'm sorry (laughs) so i mean there have been people that have vouched for a lot of people have like yeah and i don't understand so it's it's you know kind of mixed right now not everyone has taste (laughs) (laughs) well yeah you know who you are (laughs) even check fucking rotten tomatoes like Mm -hmm, this guy even the users a lot of the users and and critics all hate this movie basically yeah no it's just the same thing you know i love the conjuring verse i hope the conjuring 3 knocks it out of the park annabelle comes home kind of looks the same but i feel like if they're going to keep exploring these kind of contemporary haunted house ghost type movies they need to do something different either something with the acting something with the the set design or the effects you know something because as la llorona kind of showed us it's it's getting a little stale so it is bro especially like i've watched almost every single paranormal movie in the past like 10 years Mm -hmm. and literally it hasn't changed since paranormal activity came out like the direction of supernatural movies the only one that was kind of like pretty different well two i can think of off the top of my head hereditary and winchester those were two completely different like paranormal movies yeah so i don't know man uh this one was uh not it for me but if you guys do decide to check it out let us know what you think about it of course but uh we are going to move on now to our last segment where we're going to look at a new streaming horror film and let you guys know if you should watch it or not on the chopping block. <laughs> and on this week's chopping block fiends, we have a brand new creature feature that has made its way to Netflix called The Silence. 
Oh God. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So tell us how you, tell us how you really feel about this one without you know giving away too much. Uh, first, let me give a little background. Uh, this thing was based on a book written in 2015, mm-hmm. and then they uh they started filming the same time they started filming uh I think it was a, a quiet place. quiet place yeah. yeah in 2017, and uh you know what's troubling about this is one of the writers for this movie. Or producer or something. He used to work for the asylum. I think it was one of the writers. The, the, mock, yeah. the mockbuster fucking thing <laughs> that we talked about. Before, yeah, yeah, and uh, big problem. I don't know how <laughs> Netflix just released this like it wasn't like a complete. Yo, let's take Bird Box and then switch it out with Quiet Place elements. Like, yeah, that's all it was, and it brought nothing new. Uh, Sabrina was in it. Uh, Aunt Zelda was in it. Yeah, Kieran Shipka and Miranda Otto. Oddly enough, yeah, are both in this movie. I guess because they're both on Sabrina, so Netflix was just like, hey, you guys want to be in this movie with Stanley Tucci? Yeah. And they were like, fuck yeah. Yeah, dude, I don't fucking know. I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know. They're like, yo, how about we release a movie that's probably going to have a bunch of bad reviews? Okay, let's do it. Like, yeah. No, so- no one will notice that this is a bird box and a quiet place ripoff. So, like you said before, it it is based off a 2015 book so technically it's not really a ripoff per se but it does feature pretty much the same elements so clearly now after the release of those other two movies it wanted to cash in that's all yeah. it wanted not, so, well, yeah it I, I don't know if i would consider it like a ripoff necessarily but it was just like grab. a really poorly timed similar horror film you with know? with uh let me that also say <laughs> really questionable production value Kind of. It yeah. was like even like the sound effects for the hits were like very bad. Yeah, sort of. Um, because you know, I feel like they spent most of their budget on the CGI, which was not that great. Oh yeah, guys! Spoiler alert: the new thing to be scared of is bats <laughs> or vesps. Yeah. So if you're not aware of the plot completely, basically, uh, these prehistoric creatures who hunt based on sound are released and they cause apparently a global epidemic and it's kind of the end of the world so dude this, when this you know what <laughs> right at the beginning when these dudes are going through that cave and you just hear the and then like all the fucking bat noises and i was like it don't let it be bats and then i saw the bats and i was like bats yeah like, it basically is bats it's bats they vesps creatures it's bats <laughs> It's extra large bats that have been underground for too long. Yeah, so they cause this, like, you know, global, basically, apocalypse. Or at least that's what it's kind of implying, because uh, this movie kind of is in the throes of, like, the beginning of the the post-apocalyptic thing, which is kind of different. That's what pissed me off, because, like, we already had cults, and, it like, the apocalypse just started. Yeah she is fertile like <laughs> yeah that that part is weird so okay so so that's kind of the basic setup of this film is and so you are think the problem. you think that it's going to be more of like a creature feature with these you know bat things attacking and they are in this movie and they are a central part of the movie but eventually the movie kind of focuses less on them and more on like the yeah the, the people are bad element and you know what, i don't, I don't get... know i didn't i don't think that this was like the right movie or even format for this like i feel like doing that in a series is just better i feel like you could get rid of these things easy just get like one building sized wood chipper and like as seen they'll all run into it yeah 
that was i mean that part was kind of cool but i don't know they, they just didn't really play a big enough part for me because i feel like the, the entire movie really should have been this you know frantic race for survival against these things and it turned into like the walking dead light with just these monsters that were overly cgi in most cases and weren't really all that interesting to me you know this was like yeah. if you tried to do the descent but made it this really like gr- grand scale kind of event and outside i don't know it's it yeah, really it, i know what you mean it doesn't really like make sense no to i me. feel you dude uh i was severely disappointed uh the funniest part was uh uh the actress who plays sabrina i don't yeah, know her. kiernan shipka kiernan shipka okay so miss shipka she did not she 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 knows her sign language all right yeah. she knows that shit very well she's like, deaf like that's kind of the whole like yeah big she but she's thing. like i don't know why they, they didn't make her sound deaf i think the just because she lost her hearing recently like yeah I dude guess if so. i was <laughs> if i just became deaf I would eventually start talking like, hey, boy, you know, like, hey, guy, what you up? Like, yeah. just because I can't hear myself, so I don't know, like, how clearly I'm saying the words. Like, you need to hear to be able to speak yeah. correctly. And it, since it's been, like, three years for her, she would have at least had a little bit of, oh, hey, you want you want you. Like, you know, I've been around deaf people. Like, I have a sibling who's deaf in one ear. And, like, she even had, like, speaking problems mm-hmm. when she was younger. And, like, when she started losing hearing, like even her speech started getting a little fucked up so that was one of the criticisms that i read she's not about a deaf movie she doesn't seem like a deaf person yeah i mean her which, sign language is on point though like yeah there was some like really picky stuff about her sign language obviously i wouldn't know uh, uh, apparently it was mostly really good you know and she picked it up quick which is great i mean i feel like learning something like sign language for a role like that's awesome you know and it's good that she did it but you know <laughs> Yeah, she just didn't really seem like how a deaf person would have seemed, especially in that kind of situation. You know, at least, I don't know, from my knowledge about being deaf. My buddy said this, and I agree. He he watched this movie. He's like, he's like, the things these people do doesn't seem like things people would do in real life to right. these situations that are happening. Like, dude, if someone came yeah. to my house and said, the girl is fertile, I, I, if I was fucking Stanley... I would have shot him and then closed my door and then those bats will come to the noise and kill the rest of the cult. You know yeah. what I mean? Because they would scatter away. They wouldn't just sit there quiet. Their leader just got shot in the yeah. face. That, that was kind of a... That was one of the dumber parts at kind of the end of the movie. Also, why was I he said. tongueless and hissing at people if he's a fucking pastor? That, see, that's the thing. You know, this movie kind of did that. Um, Bird Box kind of did it. Obviously, they're based off the novels but I, I don't know why for some reason every time that there's, there's some kind of crazy post-apocalyptic thing and it seems to be only when there's some kind of supernatural monster you know for some reason but there's always like some cult or religious group that's crazy that gets involved in the story and you know I can totally believe that th- there would be a lot of crazy religious shit coming up you know at like the, in an end of the world situation obviously because that's what those people live for <laughs> yeah i would just but, stay away from religious people at the end of the world yeah but you know i just don't know why it's so vital to place them in every single one of these films you know sometimes it can be important you know and stuff like i don't know like the stand or something like that was you know cool even in bird box you know it was an acceptable scene 
and their inclusion was acceptable because there was like this one guy that you didn't know yeah. was actually crazy but like in the silence it was just so right off the bat you knew yeah. there was something wrong because he was just like and, and it was <laughs> super, like, what the fuck it was super like dramatic like unnecessarily dramatic i i just didn't like it from the get-go i would have rather this movie had been a real like i don't know just very tense monster movie where they're trying to get away from these things you know may it, have it be like all at night or something and they're trying to escape somewhere or something like that. I, I don't know. I just didn't feel like the suspense was there. Uh, I didn't really feel that worried for any of the characters exactly, you know. And so, I don't know. That, that sense of urgency just wasn't, like, there for me. Yeah, it wasn't. Like, because it didn't seem like these these bad things, like you said. At first, they were a big deal. But then they were like, ah, it's people now. People are monsters. Like, right. I'm just so tired of... I won't watch anything that's post-apocalyptic. I don't know. <laughs> you could kind of tell that some of the writing in this was pretty bad. Go to hell, Mockbusters, okay? And, Fuck. Yeah. Okay, I hate post-apocalyptic movies now because just too much. I've watched too much Walking Dead. I've seen A Quiet Place. I've seen mm -hmm. hundreds of hundreds of movies. Lots of cliches. Literally hundreds of... I've seen at least 100 movies that are all like, Apocalypse, mm -hmm. or if not 100 movies, 100 episodes of a TV show. Where it's like, oh no, the end of the world. And I've played games where it's the end of the world. Yeah. This didn't do it for me. Like, there wasn't enough imagination. It was just like, oh, end of the world monsters? How about another problem? A cult. Mm -hmm. And then you're just like, oh, the more of these people are the real monsters bullshit. And people will turn on you at the end of the world. Like, we get it. Just enough, please. I don't, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't, if another movie comes out like this, we're not even going to talk about it. We're just going to be like, <laughs> and now for the yeah. chopping block, we got two movies first movie is the silence uh it's a no on that one and now let's talk about the second movie more in depth because it's actually good yeah sure there you go so yeah no more no more apocalypse i'm sorry i don't care like i don't care about that if it comes now i won't care like if right now a meteor hit us and we were all like mutants and we had and we i would be like you know what yeah at least some excitement is added to to life everyone's on edge now. oh man As yeah it no this is it's a very obvious like trend that's happening with with horror movies coming out but yeah it's not cool so yeah it sounds like you chopped. are chopping this one and i agree chopping with that <laughs> i'm chopping it into 666 tiny pieces and setting it aflame i'm never yeah never <laughs> never ever ever never watching this movie again there you go i don't hate it quite as much but it was mostly just a really big disappointment to me and yeah that's pretty much all i have to say about it ever <laughs> ever so, guys uh never that's that's all we have samuel is never going I'm, to watch i'm gonna get a fucking again. nosebleed i'm so sick of these apocalypse <laughs> who who just said here's a great fucking idea 1800 apocalypse things that are trending right now let's make another one black summer so good on netflix z nation walking dead <laughs> meh, meh. you bunch of fucking pieces of shit <laughs> You don't know anything bad when you see it. There's good bad, like 1980s the stuff, and then there's bad bad, like today's the bird box, today's the silence, today's fucking Walking Dead. Everything is shite, as the Irish would say. There you go. It is shite. Everything is so shite. I'm so sick of it. We don't really uh, recommend you watch this one, but if you check it out, let us know what you think. You can reach out to us on all of our social media, including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, just search for Grave Discussions or Grave Disc SRD on Twitter. And then uh, we have a website as well, gravediscussions.net. So go check us out. 
listen to our episodes, see our host bios, contact us, and that's going to wrap it up for episode 58. We'll see you next week on Grave Discussions. (laughs) Never. This has been an SRD production.